I am Theodora, and you are listening to Spiritual Slut. Here, I riff about all things spirituality, love, sex, and relationships from my perspective as a millennial woman and former award-winning adult performer, as well as a spirituality nerd. <laughs> I share with you all the tools, modalities, and manifestation techniques I have tried and tested for myself and my experience with these. And it's often juicy as fuck. <laughs> Spiritual Slut Welcome to my world Hello gorgeous angels and welcome back to another episode of Spiritual Slut, the podcast I am Theodora, your host, manifestation muse and femininity inspiration, <laughs> hopefully and favorite many gem on the internet as well That's a lot for just one person, but I'm up for the challenge. So welcome back. I'm so glad that you're listening. So glad to have you here. And today we are going to talk about 50 shades of feminine emotions. Ooh, interesting, right? <laughs> I have a lot to say about this topic. I myself have been through a whole spectrum of romantic trauma And I've healed a lot of that, especially in the past couple of years. And I am dying to share with you all of my findings, all the healing modalities I've tested, tried and adopted, or is it tried and tested and then adopted? I'm not sure of the order, but you get my drift. So the modalities, the thought processes, the mindset and shall I say heart set shifts that I've made for myself as I've healed <laughs> this romantic trauma and another thing that I find really important is how I reclaimed the quote-unquote sacred rage you know this um, feminine anger that is really important for us to incorporate in our emotional vocabulary so when I speak about feminine emotions what do I mean by that exactly well I mean, the feminine jealousy that can arise in a romantic relationship. I mean, the resurfacing of the wounded inner little girl as a result of unresolved daddy issues. The um, sacred anger that has so much to teach us and to tell us about what we truly want, what we desire to protect and about our boundaries as well. So that's a lot of ground to cover. I'm gonna start with my process, so story time. If you've listened to the previous episodes of the show, you know that yours truly has been on a money mindset journey, let's say, and to up-level my money mindset, I've done a lot of work and touched on a lot of modalities. Interestingly, when you start peeling the layers of the spiritual onion, on a topic or another, whether it be femininity or finances, well, you might encounter a form of cross-contamination of beliefs. <laughs> And so when you heal your money mindset, you might as well find that some of your beliefs are actually not serving you in your romantic life. 
So that was my case. And so as I uncovered a few limiting beliefs, that's kind of a buzzword in the spiritual community, but let's stay with that for a moment. So to give you an example, one of my limiting beliefs was that I can't have both a successful business and a successful romantic relationship. Twisted, right? But the past has proved me time and time again that when I started making a lot of money and even more money than my partner, my relationship would fall apart. And so, of course, we know that we don't have to repeat the past, but my subconscious had recorded this as a belief. So <laughs> this goes to show you how some of the beliefs in your money mindset can bleed onto your romantic beliefs. And that's just one example. And because I've been journaling so hard on my money beliefs and my money mindset, well, I've uncovered a lot of wrong <laughs> or unhelpful beliefs on how being provided for would get me thrown out because, spoiler alert, that's what happened, hashtag daddy issues, and how being provided for it would bring me problems. And so you can see how the feminine receivership was not really helped with beliefs like these. So how do you find out what your unhelpful or limiting beliefs are in the romantic department? Well, a first step would be to journal and ask yourself the right questions to dig deeper into your psyche and find out what's causing you a um, situation that you don't like to be living or where would you be stuck in your romantic life? What are things that you would like to experience and you've never managed to manifest? Ask yourself the right questions and then you will uncover the beliefs. And speaking of beliefs, I want to elaborate on what beliefs are exactly and what role they play in the manifestation process. As I said, beliefs are all the rage in the manifestation community and the spiritual community right now. It's like a buzzword. Everyone wants to work on their beliefs. And well, I think it's great and amazing and necessary. It's not all there is. Beliefs are indeed a very important piece of the manifestation process because without them, you won't go anywhere. But also beliefs it's good to have them, but you will need to embody the beliefs that you hold and then to take action from that place of embodiment. So you could say that the way I see it is a three-step process. So step one, believe. Step two, embody. Step three, take action from that place. Easy, right? <laughs> I guess you could call them the Theodora's three steps to manifest. So step one, believe. And on that topic, one of my closest friends asked me one day, Theodora, do you believe that believing in your dream will make it manifest? And I say to her, I don't believe that believing in your dream will make it manifest. I know it. And I also know that this is not enough. That's actually just the starting point. Let me explain. I know for sure that if you don't believe in your dream, it will never manifest. You need the belief for it to manifest. However, that's not all there is. Like I said, three-step process. So I compared the beliefs to a lemon seed. So if you ask me, Theodora, do you believe that 
if I have this lemon seed, I will be able to one day make my own lemonade and harvest lemons from a lemon tree. Well, I can't promise you for sure that this is what will happen, but I can promise you one thing is without the lemon seed, you won't have a lemon tree at all. You won't be able to harvest the magnificent lemons that you're envisioning. You won't be able to make this tasty and zesty lemonade. You won't be able to do that at all without the seed. So you need the seed, you need the belief. And then if you do want the lemonade, it's great that you have the seed, but you will have to plant the seed. You will have to water it, give it some sunlight, care for it, maybe change the soil and add some fertilizer. Maybe you will have to move your little sprout. Once the lemon seed has sprouted, you will have to move it to a different environment. Maybe you will have to repot it. Maybe, who knows, maybe you will have to adjust your practice (laughs) of care for this lemon seed and you will need consistent action from that place of you know, taking care of this little sprout for it to become a tree. You know, it's going to need a constant care and attention. And again, it might evolve. The needs might change over time. You will have to adapt, but you will need consistent, some form of consistent action. So there you go for the metaphor. I actually wrote a blog article about it all. (laughs) If you love the metaphor, it's on girlswhomanifest.co. I'll put a link in the show notes for those of you who want to read the whole metaphor and maybe send it to your friends. And if you do, tag me in your stories on social, on Instagram, wherever. I would love to repost you. So that being said, beliefs, step one. And so step two, embodiment. And you know yours truly by now. I am big on embodiment. It's like my favorite thing to share about because I'm such a natural at this. I'm so big on embodiment that for me, it's something that as a dancer, professional dancer, professional artist, very connected to my own body. And especially when I was a stripper and erotic model, um, erotic actress as well. I am very, very in tune with my feminine body. I'm very embodied. So And especially because in human design, I have an open ajna. Well, I am very permeable to beliefs that don't belong to me. So the embodiment part, I got this covered, baby. (laughs) But the beliefs, it has required some sort of consistent work on my part. So I did the work because it was not natural. And I would say that the very best and most efficient modality to work on your beliefs is journaling. So. I really, really encourage you to have a practice of journaling, knowing that it's not all there is because you will have the embodiment to do, but it's the lemon seed. It's your starting point. So start asking yourself the questions so that you can find out what is it exactly that you believe because this is what you are going to manifest consciously or not. So start there. And so one thing that I would like to say is that When you uncover a very unhelpful belief, well, you will have to question it. You will have to reframe that belief so maybe you can change it to something that's more helpful. But just because you changed it and just because you acknowledged it doesn't mean that you changed on a deeper level. It doesn't mean that you embody that new belief right away. 
Embodiment is a process and it takes time. Well, it doesn't have to take you ages, but it does take time and practice, practice, practice. We tend to say 21 days because that's the cycles of the unconscious. It's a cycle of transmutation. That's what it's called. So it usually takes 21 days to transmute a belief, but to transmute it fully, you will need to take a different action on earth in the 3D from that place of embodying the new belief. Because if you tell me like, oh, Theodora, I just heard an affirmation that I loved and I instantly made it a belief. Well, babe, no, you just subscribe to an affirmation, but it's going to take you some time for it to sink in, for you to truly embody it at a very deep level and for you to take action from that place, from that new place. And then and only then can you say that you have shifted and transmuted and upgraded a belief. So then comes the embodiment piece. And I know you'll be like, but what if I don't have the chance to have an action to perform right there and right then? Well, I have good news for you. Somatic work will help you get there. Somatic work will allow you to embody a belief much quicker and bust out the beliefs that don't serve you way, way, way quicker than if you had to wait for the universe to quote unquote test you, right? This is something that we hear all the time in the spiritual community, like, oh, the universe is testing me. No, 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 babe. (laughs) The universe is not testing you. You are manifesting the opportunities to show up as who you truly are. You are manifesting yourself the opportunities to show up as who you claim to be. (laughs) That's what it is. So the first modality that I want to share about is a very well-known one. It's called EFT tapping, as in emotional freedom technique tapping. Basically, you tap with your fingers on points following the energy meridians on your body as you say out loud beliefs that first don't serve you, so you tap them out, kind of, and then you will tell the opposite beliefs or more empowering beliefs that you will tap in. I'm just summing it up. The way that practitioners are using tapping can differ vastly from a practitioner to another. So I'll just tell you the way that I use it. So my mom, as the psychotherapist that she is, tried to convert me to tapping when I was 15 years old. And spoiler alert, I was not really convinced back then. But guess what? Everyone changes and I changed my mind a little bit. So I started tapping my own way with my belief. So the way I do it is I affirm where I am right now in my situation. If there's something, let's say for a romantic trigger, I feel lonely. I feel abandoned. So I will affirm this and say, okay, I feel abandoned. I feel lonely. So I will tap on this point to connect to this emotion because that's one thing EFT is very good for. It helps you connect to your emotions. And I know a lot of us, we repress the unpleasant emotions. More on this later. So you connect to your emotion by tapping on the meridians because emotions are energy in motion right? It's energy in the body. So your emotions are actually living in your 
body, like not really in your physical body, but kind of. So tapping will help you to connect to these emotions. So the way I do it is I affirm first where I stand emotionally. If I feel abandoned, if I feel triggered, if I feel sad, if I feel lonely, I will affirm it. Just because you tap in <laughs> with something quote unquote negative or unpleasant, it's not going to do any damage for your manifestation. It's actually going to connect you authentically to where you stand so that you can raise vibrationally, right? So let's not spiritual bypass by saying, oh, no, no, I'm not going to tap on the negative. I just want the positive. Well, sure, you could tap on the positive beliefs and it might work if you don't have negative or limiting beliefs underneath. Because if you do, then your positive affirmations are not going to do shit for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, so tapping is very good to eliminate these unpleasant limiting beliefs by acknowledging where you stand and being honest with yourself. So the way I do it is I'm honest with myself as to where I stand emotionally, what I feel, how I feel limited, what I seem to believe, what I believe, <laughs> I believe, and I tap it out. And then I change my story. I forgive myself and the parts of myself for believing that, for feeling this way. I accept it. And something very important that I want you to remember is called the paradox of change. You can only change something when you accept it. This is very important because you can only change a belief when you accept it and you forgive yourself for having it in the first place. Or when you connect with that part of you, maybe your wounded inner little girl, quote unquote, your inner child, right? That's the verbiage that's used in the spiritual community. I prefer wounded little girl. I feel like it's more accurate and I connect more to that. But, you know, use the words you want to use. You connect to this part, you acknowledge it, and then you can raise your frequency. Once you've forgiven this part, once you've given attention to this part, because most of the time you will have parts of you trying to get your attention by keeping you stuck in a loop of behavior, of unhelpful behavior, until you notice that, ding, ding, <laughs> you have some healing to do there. So... Once you acknowledge that, usually the healing is not necessary anymore because you've acknowledged and you've transmuted. That's how it is. So then the second part of the tapping session, if you will, is tapping in desired or more empowering beliefs and a more empowering story. You're literally rewriting and recoding your story into your energy body. That's what it does. And that's the way I do it. And so you all know that I'm a queen of affirmations. You've heard it on the previous episodes. And it comes as no surprise that my latest high vibe audios that I will present to you very soon, I will play a few teasers for you so you can have a taste of that. My latest high vibe audios are designed to be tapped along. So it's basically the exact affirmations that I've channeled and used for myself as I was tapping, tapping out and tapping in new beliefs as I was tapping for myself to upgrade my romantic mindset, if you will. So my new high vibe audios are designed for that. Another healing modality to embody or embodying modality, if that's the thing, is Kriya and energy work. 
unsurprisingly, because emotions, energy, emotions, we know the drill. So what is Kriya? Basically, Kriya is a form of intuitive movement. You could call it dance, but it has more to do with moving the energy. So if you see the Kriya people moving their hands as if they had like a ball of light, invisible ball of light in their hands, that what's happening, they're moving energy. And you don't have to do this only with your hands necessarily, it can be with your whole body. It's the practice of moving energy. And I get it that for many of you who are not really attuned to your physical body already or who are not feeling embodied in their physical body first and foremost, for you, it might be harder to connect with your energy body, but it's a practice. So if you start with maybe healing movement or therapeutic dancing, and I know it's really helpful for some people and I have something to say about this. Well, this would be a great way to start for you to connect to your body and to feel more embodied. So I will say this about therapeutic, bleh, hard word, therapeutic <laughs> movement that, you know, I'm a professional dancer and my mom, as the therapist that she is, has tried and pushed me to do therapeutic movement and I was like nah I'm not doing this and the way I see it right now is the reason why I was never doing this and same with my music I never used my singing practice or my musical practice as therapy because it was my job right so I worked as a performer and I was in service to the art and to the music I know that I have a lot of dancers following this podcast, a lot of artists. So you might relate to this a lot when it's your job and you're in service to the music. It has nothing to do with your healing. And you know that when you use your practice for healing, that becomes personal. And when it becomes personal, if you use it with your audience, then it's codependency. And that's where you have to be careful because it's as if you were seeking validation of your healing with your audience. And that's a dangerous place to be, the slippery slope. And I know in the age of Pisces, which is coming to an end, it has been very much glorified to use art as therapy and to exhibit the healing as a performance. It's been glorified, but as we enter the age of Aquarius, this is going to be something that we don't do anymore, right? We are going to be responsible for our own energy and our own healing and keep things private where they should be. No more codependency, baby. <laughs> and so what I want to say is, as it pertains to my process I guess I'm very lucky because as a child artist, this is one of the first things I learned. <laughs> one of the first spiritual lessons I've learned is that my practice is not for me. It's for the highest good of all. It's for the art, the music. It's for a higher power, if you will. So it has nothing to do with me. And I have to put my ego at the door, leave my ego at the door, leave my ego aside. So if you're a dancer or an artist and you relate to this, maybe the therapeutic movement is hard for you to envision. And I totally understand because for me, it's the same like therapeutic movement. I'm like, no, that's my job. <laughs> I'm not going to use this for therapy. But if you don't have that, if you're not an artist, if you're not a professional musician, maybe, yeah, you can use your songwriting for therapy. And that's great, you know, to each their own. Everyone has their own process. There's no right or wrong but just know this 
be aware of the why behind your practice if you use it for therapy or if you use it for the greatest good. So totally different vibes, right? <laughs> That's a very important point that I wanted to make. And so staying on the topic of embodiment and Kriya and intuitive dancing, because as a dancer, I'm very attuned to the emotions in my body. I have the same thing with my workouts. And again, I know I have a lot of yogis following the show and listening to the show. And maybe you've noticed that when you do your practice, you might channel movements that are actually yoga movements that are very well known and you'll be like oh I channeled this well it's very common and for me I have to say I'm not a yogi at all <laughs> it's not part of my practice but I have a practice of quote-unquote channeled movement that I use for myself to heal in some areas of my life for instance I want to share something very personal about embodiment in one of my previous lives I was a little boy, a little monk in Tibet, and I was doing martial arts. And so this has been in resonance with my current life. I had phases when I wanted to be a martial artist and to be a choreographer for films with martial arts. And I feel very connected to this past life. And sometimes when I have my movement and workout practice, I channel movements that are, well, I guess, martial arts movements, maybe Kung Fu movements. And it comes very naturally to me. I've met Kung Fu teachers tell me that, oh, you're such a natural at this. But I know for a fact that it's because it's channeled movement. So it really helps me to embody my strength, my physical strength, and I guess the masculine part of my energy we all have feminine and masculine and even though I am big on feminine embodiment it's good to be in touch with your strength sometimes so this is one way to do it and you can do it in all aspects of your life you can do some sensual dancing and I know there are tons of podcasts out there that talk about the feminine embodiment practice like belly dancing twerking and so on and so forth. And that's totally a part of it. And my personal practice <laughs> was dancing on a pole and being paid for it. But guess what? I had a solo practice on the pole and I was like, oh, I love being in my feminine. And I feel like, you know, even though it was my job, I had like different moments, like the moment I was doing it for a performance, for a job, and it was of higher service, quote unquote, and the moment when it was more for myself and for my own feminine embodiment. And I feel like as to what I was saying before, know your why behind the practice. And I know that sometimes I'm like, oh, I'd love to have a pole in my living room so I can, you know, practice for myself and be in touch with my own femininity for myself, you know, and work on my embodiment. That's just the way I like it. So one suggestion for feminine embodiment. And it's probably more accessible than Kriya if you're not attuned to your energy body yet. So, and speaking on physical embodiment and healing and so on and so forth, I mentioned in a previous episode that I was in a membership with Victoria Washington and she is a yogi as well and she has this modality it's kind of um it's a form of yoga and she has channeled poses to help you heal your money mindset and it makes a lot of sense because some of the poses and i say that on the forum inside the membership i said oh it's funny because i channeled the same poses and i truly believe that some of the movement and poses are very universal 
to humankind. And so I'm sure if you tune into what you need, you will be able to channel the movement that you need. And so it's always great to have a guide for whichever practice, be it a yoga to heal your money mindset, like with Victoria Washington, or if you want to do twerking or pole dancing, it's always great to have someone show you but you can channel your own movement if it makes sense. So I want to encourage you to explore this and remembering that someone showing you will be a guide for you to be in your practice. It's not like you have to repeat the movement like a robot, you know, <laughs> you are a human being, an embodied being, most importantly. So, And then there is a way to kind of cheat <laughs> the embodiment code and it's called hypnosis. Because the hypnosis will bypass your conscious mind and speak to your subconscious. So it will kind of give you the codes of being embodied right there, right then, even though you haven't actually taken all these embodiment modalities that I mentioned before. And so similarly to something we all do when we are performers, artists or athletes, when we visualize our performance, we activate some areas of the brain that makes us more embodied the next time we practice the thing. It's like we practice without actually practicing, if it makes sense. And so hypnosis works the same way. It gives you the codes to embody and visualize what you wish to embody, even though you haven't actually practiced it. So similarly, hypnosis and guided visualizations work the same way. And who doesn't love that? I mean, if athletes are doing it, if high performers are doing it, what are we waiting for, <laughs> right? I mean, I know it's been one of my favorite tools forever, so I cannot stop talking about it for good reason. <laughs> so my recommendation would be to combine all of these because it helps you figure out what works for you, what doesn't, what you like, what you don't like. And I would suggest to use hypnosis and my high vibe audios <laughs> as a tool to speed up the process. So, for example, my latest high vibe audios that I mentioned earlier that are designed to be used as a somatic modality, they are designed to be used as some audios that you can tap along for EFT tapping that will help you speed up the process because it's not just tapping with affirmations. These are audios featuring theta frequencies. I cannot call it theta healing because apparently it's been trademarked, the word, but it's the same. It's the same principle. I use theta frequencies to put your brain in this state of consciousness that is akin to hypnosis, even though I don't necessarily use the classic hypnotic structures with an induction and um anchors and so on and so forth because the sound itself is already very hypnotic think of these audios as tapping friendly affirmations with hypnotic soundscapes made of binaural beats and theta frequencies and i also use solfeggio frequencies to target some of the energy centers in the body. Namely, if you are looking to heal relationship, I will use the um, lower harmonics of 639 Hertz. That's just an example. So let's dive deeper in these high vibe audios. I have this beautiful bundle. It's called the Level Up in Love bundle. And these are the exact affirmations 
that I've used for myself, that I've tapped along to heal myself as I got triggered in love and God knows I was triggered. And it's really funny because most of my friends, female friends, they call me whenever they have a problem with their lover, their boyfriend or partner. And they're like, Theodora, you're my love coach. Please help me. And sometimes I find it very funny because I'm like, you know, I'm human and I also get triggered. But apparently my soul has chosen to play this game of love at a difficulty of 12 out of 10. So <laughs> I might be very well equipped. I might have a lot of experience and I might have worked in strip clubs and know men really well. And I can hear men think. And yet in my own relationship that I'm working on, I still learn so much on myself, on men, on relationships and on divine union, spiritual connection, whatever your flavor of this is. It's an ongoing process and I feel like I've discovered so much more, especially the past year. So these High vibe audios reflect all my findings, all my learnings, all the affirmations that I've made my truth. For instance, there is one called my own best lover. And if you followed me in my adventures lately, you know that I'm big on manifesting my perfect match, my divine partner. And I mentioned a book by Dr. Laura Berman. It's called Quantum Love. And I will sum it up in just one sentence. Basically, to manifest your divine partner, you have to give yourself what you desire in the divine partner. And so the book is quite long to read. It's amazing. But if you don't have time for the book, maybe you have eight minutes for an audio that will supercharge your manifestation practice of the one. It's just eight minutes. It will get your vibe just right and provide you with empowering reframes and course correct your love manifestation while boosting your self-love to the max. Who doesn't love that, right? <laughs> the best part is that when you find this deep and profound self-love, you are perfectly prepped to manifest exactly the same kind of lover for yourself, outside of yourself, because you've heard it before, but your external reality is merely a mirror of your internal reality. <laughs> it's called my own best lover for a reason. Here's the teaser. I am the one to step up and love on me. I step up and offer myself all the love. I step up and offer myself sexy, right? <laughs> Another high vibe audio in this bundle that I want to tell you about is called Jealousy to Joyride. So if you've ever been in love, surely you have felt jealousy at a point in time. And guess what? <laughs> it happens to the best of us. And so this audio will help you transcend the unpleasant emotions that you will encounter in the context of a romantic relationship. So with this one, we get out of the downward spiral. We rewire the negative thoughts once and for all so that you can return to your most empowered state. All of this in under eight minutes. 
And it's beautiful that I can love with such passion, such intensity. And so jealousy shows me what truly matters to me, right? And who truly matters to me? I accept it and I honor it. So if you need to heal jealousy in love, this is for you. Next in the bundle, serene and trusting. So this one is your anxiety RX, (laughs) medicine that you didn't know you needed. Picture this. You're in a relationship, a partnership, or in a no-label-needed soul connection that has been acknowledged by both partners. Yet here you are, anxious as fuck, because either you didn't get your good morning text, or he forgot your FaceTime date. (laughs) I mean, I know, right? Or maybe he plain disappeared from the surface of the earth for like... 72 hours and now you're in panic mode or it's just not happening quickly enough this relationship and now you're losing patience this is where i come to the rescue and this powerful audio is called serene and trusting in less than five minutes you'll be back to center grounded serene reconnected to your faith in love aka the most important ingredient to manifest your desired relationship. Here's a teaser for you. I choose to relax in the knowing that the universe is benevolent. I choose to remember that love always prevails. And I take a step back And I allow myself to see things from a higher perspective And so there are two more audios in the bundle So one of them is for you to get self-expressed AF and be magnetic AF as well And the last one is to heal your inner little girl, aka your inner child. Whenever you feel abandoned, it's a very common feminine trigger, feminine emotion. You can listen to more teasers on the website theodora.co to listen to all the teasers. And I want to add that I've added my personal affirmations as a gift in the bundle in the form of phone wallpaper so that you can deepen your practice and reinforce these desired romantic beliefs. So run, don't walk to the link in the show notes to get the bundled Level Up in Love bundle. And I have to say, I am so proud of this bundle. I'm so proud to be offering you guys such a beautiful, such a powerful, jam-packed bundle of high wattage, sky-high vibe and super sultry audios. 
you are going to love it. I know it. And I'm so looking forward to reading your comment and your feedback. I know it's going to transform your love life and your life, period. It's going to change your vibe for the better. So please enjoy this bundle and let me know how it goes. All right, my loves, I will see you in the next episode. Be sure to rate and review the show if you've had light bulb moments, if you've enjoyed your time listening to my sexy voice. <laughs> Hopefully you did. And I look forward to see you in the next one. Mwah. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm.